What's going on, everybody? And welcome into another edition of B-Shape Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you in the early morning hours of Thursday, September 15th, 2022. And tonight, we're breaking down a very special Cardinals win. Everybody can go ahead and breathe a sigh of relief because Wednesday at Bush Stadium went exactly the way that it needed to go. If you are a Cardinals fan or somebody who cares about the sentiment of the moment, as Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina, they break the all-time MLB record for the most starts by a single battery in MLB history. Mickey Lolich, Bill Freehan, you're in the rearview mirror. It's now Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina, 325 career regular season starts together. The record that we've been talking about for the last couple of years, it seems like, wondering whether it could be broken. It now has been broken, and it's owned by the two legendary Cardinals who, whether they ride off into the sunset together or not, we don't know for sure because Adam Wainwright, of course, could decide. He wants to keep playing after this season, but regardless, they will be intertwined forever in Cardinals history for what they've done over the past 15 years as a starting battery for 325 regular season games. Then you throw in the postseason games and, you know, the one that happened that we probably remember most above the others is the final out of the 2006, well, the NLCS, and and then again in the World Series. A couple of big strikeouts there for our young Adam Wainwright. That was before the Cardinals had ever seen these two make a start together because it wasn't until April of 2007 that Adam Wainwright threw to Yachty in a start for the first time in their respective big league careers. But man, oh man, has it been a wonderful journey ever since then. And it didn't culminate on Wednesday, but it did feel like a momentous moment in that journey as Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina got to the 325 starts, got to the record. And more importantly than anything else, they did it in a win over the Milwaukee Brewers 4-1 to at Bush Stadium against Corbin Burns. I mean, I know there was a lot going on in this game. It was the historic night for Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright, but this was also the Corbin Burns game because anytime you face Corbin Burns, that's what it's called, the Corbin Burns game because he is that good, the reigning NL Cy Young Award winner on his way to potentially another very high finish in the Cy Young voting this season. Cardinals have had their run-ins with Burns multiple times over the last couple of years in the NL Central, and he's really damn good. And as we talked about last night, you kind of get yourself into a situation where you lost the bullpen game, you lost the game against Milwaukee that you thought was maybe going to be the gimme, and then you've got to face Corbin Burns in game two of a two-game set where suddenly if you lose that one, forget all the sentimentality and the nostalgia and the record and everything that is associated with that. But from a standings perspective, if you lose that game on Wednesday, now you're only six games above Milwaukee. That feels a hell of a lot different than eight games above Milwaukee with the remaining calendar that you've got. So this was a pretty important game for a Cardinals team that I'm not going to say they were scuffling, but they hadn't been playing as good of baseball recently the last eight games or so as they had previously when they were just lighting the world on fire for the month of August. But that's why this becomes a very critical win for the Cardinals. And I say it's a sigh of relief. You can exhale a little bit after a win like Wednesday. And it was pretty picturesque. We'll talk about who the contributors were. The fact that you get a couple of big swings from key spots in your lineup. We'll let you hear from a a couple of the guys, Yachty and Wayno. We'll try to give you some quotes, some audio from both of them. 
But one thing that was mentioned by Yachty is talking about when asked of, you know, what he likes about this 2022 Cardinals team, the first thing out of his mouth was talking about the youth that they've got. You know, they've got a lot of different things to be excited about with this team, but some of the young guys really uh, excited to be in the position that they're in. I think a lot of them, too, recognize the opportunity to be playing alongside greats of the game, alongside Albert Pujols. Like Lars Nupar is teammates with Albert Pujols, and I don't think that that, uh, the coolness of that fact is lost on Lars Nupar one bit. And they've got several young and hungry players like Lars Nupar that have been contributors this season. We'll talk about who was able to come through in Wednesday's win. We'll get you some audio from the guys and have a grand old time on the show. But before we jump into the content, we'd like to remind you that you can subscribe, and boy should you, to Be Shaped Daily on Spotify or Apple Podcasts for the iPhoners among us. Guys, it's getting down to the nitty-gritty. Like, this Cardinals team is going to the postseason, and we're going to have a lot of fun on B-Shaped Daily for as long as they are riding through the playoffs. So make sure you subscribe. You're locked and loaded for daily episodes as we approach the most wonderful time of the year, which is October baseball. Appreciate you guys for being here as always. One quick reminder as well, if you'd like to support B-Shaped Daily, support the show, head over to patreon.com slash for 12 I set up a way for you to, if you so choose, contribute monthly to the show, to the support, allowing me to do the things that I'm doing here. Appreciate you guys very much, as always. So let's go ahead and stop talking about that stuff and start talking about the 4-1 to win by the Cardinals over the Brewers on Wednesday. It was not a game that started exactly the way that Adam Wainwright would have liked in the first couple of innings. He was dealing with traffic the entire way, left the bases loaded in the first inning, was able to strand those runners. Nice job by him on that. But then in the second inning, they come up with a run. I think he was lucky to get out of the first two innings the way that he did. I guess he sort of settled in after that, but still threw five innings tonight and, and required 98 pitches to get there. So he wasn't the most efficient that he's ever been. Dodging base runners the entire way. He said after the game that he left a village on the base paths tonight. But hey, at least they didn't cross the plate because if they had, you probably don't have the celebration that uh, the Cardinals were able to enjoy in the clubhouse. And we'll talk about what that was exactly. But first, I want to start with one quote from Adam Wainwright. You'll hear this audio when he was asked about what moment he's going to remember from tonight. And I thought it was very interesting that he started from the very beginning. Milwaukee Brewers leadoff batter Christian Yelich did something that Adam Wainwright was very appreciative of at the beginning of this game. Here's Adam Wainwright from Wednesday night. I'll tell you one moment that was really special was when Yelich took the first pitch. I mean, I thought that was just a really classy move, and you could tell he was just going to um, kind of give that to us, you know, and I uh, thought did, it did cross my mind that, you know, he's a great hitter, got a lot of power. You know, he hits the first ball into the stands. It's like, do I want that ball back? I don't know. You know, it's a, first, it's a pretty cool ball, but it's also – not very cool. So I appreciated him doing that. That was a that was the the, the moment of the game that I'll think of. But I, I think more than anything, more than that, I'll remember walking in from the from the bullpen with Yachty and just the crowd going crazy. It's Adam Wainwright singing the praises a little bit there of Christian Yelich, who did. He kind of had the bat on his shoulder to begin this game, let the first pitch happen. Classy move. They did mention it on the radio broadcast as well. Something that was appreciated by. Uh, by the Cardinals, and and Adam Wainwright thought enough of it to bring it up after the game, which I thought was kind of cool. 
not quite as cool was the Brewers thereafter putting constant traffic on the bases that Adam Wainwright and the Cardinals had to deal with. They give up that run in the second inning. Again, got through the first unscathed, which is kind of amazing considering uh, the bases were loaded and he just it looked like he needed a little bit of time to get into the flow of the game, did Adam Wainwright. But he was able to get out of that first inning unscathed, gave up just the one run in the second inning, and from there, yeah, it was a grind. Yeah, he didn't probably have his best stuff on the night, giving up eight hits, which has been sort of a more common trend for Wainwright in recent games, the high hit total. And the low strikeout total is something to keep in mind a, a little bit as well with just three strikeouts in the game tonight. And something that Adam Wainwright mentioned afterwards, which is interesting, I don't feel like you hear this kind of talk from him in the middle of a season very often, but maybe it's a case of he's letting his guard down a little bit because he's allowing himself to celebrate in the moment. And so you're you're getting a very candid Adam Wainwright after the game tonight. But one thing that he said was he felt like he's maybe was was coming out of a little bit of a dead arm period which is something that can happen to a pitcher during the course of a season. And he talked about it in the past tense, so that's not to say that it's still going on for him. And he says he feels good, and you recognize that there's time in the calendar yet to really get up to full speed of where he wants to be before October does arrive. He's still got a few more starts to make and should be in tip-top shape, good to go by the playoffs. But interesting to hear him acknowledge that – we, we had Dana, I remember a couple days ago, asked about whether there was concerns over Wainwright sort of uh, tiring down at this stage of the season uh, based on his recent numbers. And maybe there was a little bit of merit to that, according to, to Wainwright himself, who said he feels like he's come out of that dead arm period now, but something that he's been maybe dealing with said at the moment, he, he probably wouldn't have acknowledged that. But now that he can look back in retrospect at some of his recent outings, he feels like maybe that's something that he was sort of going through and Dead arm is kind of a weird moniker. You can't necessarily read too much into it and know, okay, is it an injury issue? Is it anything specific? No, it's it's dead arm. Pitchers use that terminology when their arm, it just, their pitches don't feel sharp. They aren't throwing as hard. They aren't throwing as crisp. And, and that was apparently what Adam Wainwright felt was going on. No longer, and hopefully when you get into the playoffs, won't be a factor. But interesting to, to hear him say that. And then you look at tonight, and it was another game where, he wasn't what you'd call vintage in terms of uh, being able to to put hitters away at a rate that he's accustomed to. Only getting five innings into a game is not very Adam Wainwright for a guy who uh, ever since sort of that renaissance in the last couple of years has turned into a workhorse once again that you just know you're going to get six, seven, eight, nine innings from Adam Wainwright more times than not. And that hasn't been the case as much recently, wasn't the case either tonight, but ultimately did enough. Five innings, eight hits allowed. That's gaudy, but just the one run, couple of walks. He he got the job done. I mean, when you're facing Corbin Burns, it's important to keep those runners off the board. He had a little bit of help from the defense. Yadier Molina coming up with a strike him out, throw him out alongside Wayno there to end the third inning. Uh, sometimes you need those kinds of things to recenter an outing, and I think from there, Wainwright was able to sort of lock things in for his last couple of innings and uh, keep the Brewers off the board. And when you're facing Corbin Burns, that's so critical. And uh, it was good to see that happen. Maybe even better, though, to see that the offense provided a little bit of a punch. It would have been really easy to envision the way that the Cardinals lose this game if it were to have happened, although Adam Wainwright said, ah, we were supposed to win this game. There's just 
it just wasn't going to happen that we'd lose it. Might be able to play a little bit of that clip for you here in a moment. As a matter of fact, let me go ahead and just grab it now uh, before I forget. Adam Wainwright felt like this was maybe a game of destiny with all the potential for a celebration. This one wasn't one that the Cardinals uh, were going to find a way to lose in his mind. You know, I was on the first inning. I, I, I was I had first and third, one out, very tough hitter up. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm getting out of this because we're supposed to win today. And uh, usually I feel like I'm going to get out of them anyways, but I really felt like I'm getting out of this because we're supposed to win today. And, you know, we did. And that was Adam Wainwright just talking about the feeling around this game. And it's interesting to me. Like, I would have almost thought that the feeling would have been, and I've mentioned this word already uh, to open the show, I, I said it. It feels like it would have had to have been a relief for Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina to win this game. Because if you get this record and it comes in a loss, and not only a loss, but a loss to a division rival, and not only a division rival, but the team that is closest to you in the standings, that would have just put a really big damper on the entire thing, right? You you don't get to celebrate in the laundry cart if you lose to the Milwaukee Brewers today. So it was, I mean, this was a really important win for me, for the Cardinals, just to see them be able to see this through and not really have to worry about the Brewers anymore. I said last week that this division race was over and I felt that way. But if you think about potentially everything going wrong, the path to that would have been a quick two-game sweep at the hand of the Brewers to get you, instead of eight games up, you're six games up. And then you've got that road trip looming where it's going to be San Diego, Los Angeles, two playoff caliber teams, and then two more at Milwaukee. You go scuffle your way into that series. You don't beat the Reds this weekend the way you're supposed to. Like, there was a path that existed to the Cardinals squandering this thing. I don't think it exists anymore. I really don't. That extra two-game boost that you get by winning tonight is substantial in my mind. And it just allowed for everything to to play out the way that it was supposed to in terms of the celebratory nature of the night at Bush Stadium. I will get into how it happened, the contributions from the offense. But while we're on the subject of the celebratory nature, I want to go ahead and play this one last clip from Adam Wainwright talking about what exactly went down in the clubhouse after the win he comes into the interview room, and normally you talk to the pitcher and, and Yachty in the clubhouse at their locker, but because of the circumstances, you knew that Adam Wainwright was going to hold court for about 15 minutes. The Cardinals decided, and, and Wainwright decided, okay, we'll just do it in the interview room, and everybody can assemble in there, and when he comes in, start asking questions, and, and you're off and running. But Wainwright eventually comes in, and he's wearing his Cardinals hoodie but it's drenched. He looks soaked. And there was certainly a reason for that, but I'm going to go ahead and play this pretty lengthy clip from Wainwright, sort of talking about, you'll hear about the celebration and, and sort of what took place within this clip, but you'll also just get a more overarching view of, of Adam Wainwright and how he views from sort of a helicopter standpoint a moment like what happened on Wednesday night for not only Adam Wainwright, but for Yadier Molina as well. Do I look wet or do I just look darker? <laughs> I'm wet. I'm soaked. So they put me in a basket. We had a, we had a nice, uh, a nice toast in there, um, team, team toast. And Holly spoke, did a great job. And then Mr. Dewitt and Mo got up and spoke, did a great job. And and uh, just you know, we're Cardinals. And these guys have, uh, if not, if they hadn't made it available and and and, uh, and signed us to lots of different contracts, um, put up with a lot of our stuff grinded through that and 
and uh, and kept us around. You know, a lot of owners might have sent us packing, but those guys wanted us here, and we appreciate that. So they got up and spoke and did a great job and and uh, made us feel loved. And then our team just embraced us and everybody giving hugs and then they put us in the basket took us to the shower <laughs> covered us in cherry coke and apple juice and all kinds of nasty stuff that you don't want on top of your head um, but it's a, it's a pretty sweet taste you know in spring training you were adamant that this was about trying to win a championship not just about celebrating you know, great careers is balancing what you guys are doing on the field with also the celebrations of the records is this exactly how you, how you would yeah yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the season, all three of us have contributed to the wins, you know, and that's we don't want to just be, um, you know, mascots. We want to be out there contributing and helping us win a game. And uh, there's not been a more important person on this team down the stretch than Albert, you know, and, and Yachty's the constant force that keeps everybody in check and calm and cool in those big situations, and I've been able to win some games, so it's been a big thing for us this year, and each time we have a, a moment to celebrate like that, we always bring it back in the end, but this is a stepping stone. This is great. Thanks for celebrating, but we have a greater mission in mind. So that's a lot there to break down from Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright from Wednesday night. I like, A, the glimpse into the clubhouse that you get, talking about the cherry Coke and the apple juice, and they really do. They put them in the laundry cart, and they spin them around in the showers and just pour whatever's around, I guess, on these guys. Sticky, doesn't matter, soda, juice, uh, milk. Like It could get pretty rancid from what I understand, but uh, that that was uh, the case there for Wainwright and Yachty. And just imagine that. Like a lot of times you'll see that with guys get their first major league hit or their first major league win, uh, things of that nature. So it's oftentimes younger guys that you, you hear about that. But the milestone moment tonight, there was no other way for the Cardinals to celebrate it uh, other than to throw Wayno and Yachty into the laundry cart. It was also cool as well to hear that that was a legit team moment that happened. And it did take a while for Wainwright to come out to the interview room, uh, but th- there was obviously a reason for that. The fact that you had... The team brass down there, and there's a team toast and making speeches. Like they honored these guys in a special way, and I think that that was probably pretty cool for both of them. And then what you hear at the end there from Wainwright talking about every time we have these celebrations, and there's been a lot to celebrate this season. They always bring it back at the end and refocus and say, "Hey, remember this is a stepping stone. This is not the destination. Thanks for celebrating this with us. It does mean a lot, but." Keep in mind the grander goal that, that's in mind for the end of the season. Uh, they want to be the last team standing. And I, you kind of have those vibes that they could be, right? Like there's there's enough here that that team of destiny sort of feels like it could be a thing for the Cardinals this year. I know you've got a long way to go. You've got a lot to get through in terms of the playoffs. And if you don't catch that NL East leader, whether it's the Braves or the Mets, you're going to have an entire additional series that you have to win uh, just to get to the NLDS this year. Although Wainwright... He said tonight, like, we decided about a week ago, the Cardinals did, that uh, we're going to be paying attention and trying to catch those guys out east. We don't want to let them know that specifically because then they'll be aware of it, but I think they already kind of know that the Cardinals would be gunning for that. Um, but it's interesting to hear that from Wainwright that, yes, the Cardinals are aware of it and they would like to run down uh, whoever ends up winning the east so they can get that number two seed. Uh, only about four games back as of right now. So it's definitely tightening up compared to what it was. We've been talking about it on the show for a number of days and weeks, but yeah, the Mets at 89 and 55, the Cardinals now are four and a half games back of that mark. 
and uh, just four games back of the Atlanta Braves, who are a half game behind the Mets in the East. So it's not impossible that it would happen. But that's all part of the, the grander plan that the Cardinals have because they want to get there. They want to be the last team standing. They've got veterans on this roster that know what it's like. They've got veterans on this roster that don't know what it's like. Paul Goldsmith, Nolan Arenado, those guys have not won World Series. Uh, Arenado's never won a division. You know, these are things that these guys want to be a part of. And then you've got the young guys that are hungry and they almost don't even know any better. But it's a thrilling thing to be able to contribute to something special on a team with with you know all these veterans and, and, and greats of the game that are looking to accomplish the same exact thing. So they're in a great spot. It's a lot of fun. I It was uh, Van Hickelstein on Twitter. He brought this to my attention tonight and talked about a comment that was made. And I'm going to go ahead and look it up now as I talk about it because I want to make sure. Uh, Colin at C Smith 0707 on Twitter in the replies to uh, a tweet about Lars Newtbar that VHS sent. There was a, a little bit of a comment thread going, and Colin said, I don't know if I'll ever forget this season. And Curtis replied, likely to end in heartbreak, but damn, what a fun ride. And Colin said, yeah, but we have plot armor, which I thought was maybe the funniest tweet reply that I've seen in a while. Just the notion that, like, it's the same thing that Adam Wainwright said tonight. Like, you knew we were going to win this game because we were supposed to. And it's like in a, a movie or a, a book or whatever the, the medium might be, that something happens and it seems to only happen because it has to happen that way for the remainder of the story to go down. Like, you can't kill this guy off because he's got plot armor. He's in season eight of this show. So obviously in this frightening moment, he's not going to die here because we know that he goes on for years and years on this show. Something like that. Cardinals got plot armor. You just know that they have to succeed in 2022, right? Like that's the only way that it can go down. And tonight it was the case that you knew the Cardinals had to win this game because if not, there wouldn't have been a cherry cola and apple juice celebration in the laundry cart in the shower for two guys that have started 325 games together in their MLB careers. Like, it had to go down this way, and it did. That was the question I asked to Wainwright, where it's just like, was this destiny? Like, you knew it had to go down this way, and that was the clip where we played it a little bit ago, and he said that it was just felt like he knew he was going to get out of the jam because they were supposed to win that, that game tonight. And they did win it, but they didn't win it because of just plot armor or just magic, although that was maybe a little bit part of it. You had the devil magic aspect as well. I uh, finally got to see in person the Ryan Helsley new lighting effects that they do for Hell's Bells when he comes into the game. It gets really red, and there's flames, and it's pretty neat. That was cool to get to see in person. I hadn't, haven't been as, uh, to as many games recently after the, uh, the birth of the kiddo, so that was really cool to get to see in person. The Cardinals also, though, got some contributions offensively that we're going to get to. Nolan Arenado, home run number 29 on the season, comes in the second inning. Good to see from him. We've talked about how the main guys in this lineup need to be at their best for the Cardinals to be at their best. During this recent stretch where we feel like, again, it was, a, I think, four of their last eight. As of last night, we said they're, they're 500 over the last eight games. Nothing insane, but you consider the teams that they've been playing, you probably should have racked up more wins than that. And it just felt like some of the losses, too, were ugly in that either your, your pitching got blown up or offensively you didn't perform up to expectations. Just kind of a lull for the offense at times where you just would think, yeah, this shouldn't be happening right now considering the opponents and the names that you have in your lineup. But 
reality is they're human, and sometimes guys aren't going to be at their best. But Arenado has been able to make some big swings recently for the Cardinals. And Paul Goldschmidt's the other guy that really, really, really good to see him get on base three times tonight. I know one of them was a Bermuda Triangle uh, pop-up into shallow left center field that it's just one of those hits that you'll you'll take. They count in the batting average, but it's not like he, he hit the ball particularly well. But he got a legit base hit. He also reached base via walk. So on base three times in four plate appearances, Great to see from Goldie. It didn't score a run, didn't drive any in, but just the notion that they could get him going more consistently because they are definitely going to need it. And if he wants to maintain that stranglehold on the MVP award, uh, he's going to need to continue to do those kinds of things for the Cardinals as well. But the big swing was Nolan Arenado. Home run number 29 on the season, and then later in the inning, if it's not a big moment with Yadier Molina rising to the occasion, it's not even worth our time. Because every time there's something significant going on, it seems like Yadier Molina is right in the middle of it in the last two games where the Cardinals have seen Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina tie the all-time record at start 324. That was the one where he hit two home runs in the same game. And then tonight, he's once again contributing offensively with the base hit in the second inning that drives in the second run of the game. Cardinals had the lead at that point that they would not relinquish. And then again in the third inning, the strike him out, throw him out. On a curveball of all pitches, I mean, that's the way it's got to go with Adam Wainwright on the hill. Yadier Molina, really good to see him uh, getting involved, contributing in, in, in a major way. Because as we discussed in the earlier clip that we played from Wainwright, it is something where these guys, they don't want to just be team mascots. They want to be there contributing to wins and to a greater goal. And, and that's just harkens back to what I think can make this team so special is they seem pretty singularly focused as a group on what that looks like. So the fact that Yachty, who admittedly has struggled offensively for the the bulk of the season, is starting to string together some of those more clutch hits, that's indicative of something that I think could continue into the playoffs. Like, he's done it before, he'll probably do it again, and right now he's gearing up, I think, to be able to come through in those clutch spots. Like, yes, the catcher spot for the most part has been a black hole offensively for the Cardinals. Like, you look at his numbers, a 544 OPS and a 218 batting average are is not Yadier Molina. It's not what we're accustomed to seeing from him. But I'm telling you, it wouldn't surprise me if he would continue to come up with big hits, especially when the calendar turns to October, because that's just kind of what he's done historically. And uh, wouldn't be surprised to see him continue doing it. But back to tonight's game, Cardinals got those two runs in the second inning. Lars Newpar, good to see him with the home run in the fifth. Solo shot to make it 3-1. to one. He was in the nine hole in the lineup tonight. Offensively, he has not been on the same pace recently that we had seen him on for a while. We had talked him up pretty significantly, but you look at his recent numbers. Last 15 games, he's hitting just 119. Has had three big swings, three home runs in that stretch, but a 119 batting average over half a month and a 204 average over his last 30 games. It's a month's time. Uh, Low batting average. We've seen the power, though, because even within that stretch of the last 30 games, an OPS over 800. But for a while, he was writing an OPS around 1,000. So certainly has taken a bit of a step back for Lars Nupar, but comes up with a nice swing tonight and hits that home run, by the way, off Corbin Burns. So that's notable to me. Yes, he's been hitting right-handed pitching better as a left-handed swinging player, uh, but still, there aren't very many right-handed pitchers in the game better than Corbin Burns, who ended up going seven innings, gave up the three runs tonight, uh, still pitched very well, but two solo home runs got him, and Yadier Molina got him with the RBI base hit there later in the second 
after Nolan's shot. So that's really the name of the game. Like, you're going to have to take advantage of your spots. If he makes a couple of mistakes, that's the way you can beat Corbin Burns if you take advantage. And the Cardinals did with a couple of home runs with the base hit by Yachty, and they got to him. Eighth inning, everybody was ready to see something special from Albert Pujols, and they got to see something special. It just maybe wasn't the thing that they thought they were going to see. Tyler O'Neill, credit to him for even allowing the situation to take place. He beat out what was essentially a routine ground ball. And he's just fast enough that takes a second with the fielder being able to get the transfer and get it done. And he beats it out. Like, it's something that never should have happened. But because Tyler O'Neill just has that sort of speed, it's a difference-making level of foot speed, he brings Albert Pujols to the plate. And I've never seen a reaction quite like the one that Albert got to his RBI double which went into left center field gap, scores Tyler O'Neill all the way from first base. It was a ball that got into the air a little bit, but clearly off the bat, this was not a home run ball. It was not going to get high enough or stay in the air for long enough to get over the fence. But everybody wanted to see that home run 698. They were geared up for it. And when the ball comes down and isn't a home run, which again, off the bat, it was evident that it would be, but or that it would not be, I should say. But when you see the ball rising and it's in the air, you're thinking, oh, maybe, oh, maybe. It, like again, it wasn't even close. But that's just where everybody's geared up at this point. To the point where it took even like a half-second delay for everybody to really start cheering for what was inevitably going to be an RBI double as Tyler O'Neill was hoofing it around the bases. I've never seen anything like that where people were thrilled, of course. And it was career RBI number 2,200. The only other two players in Major League history to get to 2,200 RBIs, Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth. So he's in exclusive company as is tradition for Albert Pujols. He just continues to move up those t- types of lists this season. But it was very interesting to just, like, the the reaction to the double was, oh, that's not a home run. Oh, wait, that's still pretty good, though. We're going to cheer for it. Like, it was very strange. Um, I don't say that in a negative way at all. It's just the uniqueness of what Albert Pujols is this season, and especially right now with the, uh, the work that he's doing, hitting the home runs and trying to get to that 700 mark. It, it was... A cool moment, honestly, to just see a fan base so collectively excited for one thing, and they didn't get that one thing, but then took them a second to be excited about the other thing. Uh, I just thought it was it was honestly neat. It's not something that I, I'm trying to say in any negative way that they didn't appreciate the double, the B-fibs. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. It was just like everybody knows what they're, they're there to see right now from Albert Pujols, and anything less is sometimes like, oh, well, I mean, that's cool too, I guess. But it is truly remarkable what he has been able to do for the Cardinals uh, offensively this season. I mean, the numbers are just incredible. 864 OPS. That's Albert Pujols hasn't done things like that since he left St. Louis the first time. So really impressive to see from him. Ultimately, it was enough for the Cardinals to get the win tonight, and that's the main thing. They go eight games up on the Brewers instead of six to where you can officially fully train your attention on the teams in front of you the Mets and the Braves, the Brewers are done. They're not catching you, barring a legitimate like eight losses in a row. And even then, the Brewers have to win eight in a row to be tied with you. So the calendar is in the favor of the St. Louis Cardinals right now. Uh, And hopefully this was a game where uh, you see some signs that things can be, I'm not going to say turning around because they weren't downtrodden. Uh, They had still won like six of 10 prior to tonight. It was just a case of their more recent games, a little bit of inconsistency, that you could have seen them teetering toward a slump if the the game that happens tonight doesn't end up happening. But it does, and the Cardinals end up getting the job done. What an exciting night at the ballpark it was. And I'll leave you with this. We'll give you one quote from Yadier and Molina because it was 
you know, half his night at the ballpark as well. It was Wayno's night and his night, but Yachty, not always as uh, long of a talker as, as Wayno is. Wayno talked for 15 minutes, and Yachty was just content to kind of do it at his locker, didn't want to have uh, all that much of the spotlight there. But uh, he said one thing that I thought was interesting. I mentioned that he was asked about what makes this particular 2022 Cardinals team special, what makes it an interesting one. And you get a little bit of a, a, a quick self-referential joke from Yadier Molina here. So here's Yachty after the game on Wednesday. We got a bunch of young guys. We got, obviously, three old guys. And... Um, really good bullpen, really good start. I mean, we can beat you in different way, and that's what we're doing this season. So that was Yadier Molina in his uh, his classic way. It was just funny to hear to me. I, I liked him saying, we got a bunch of young guys and, well, obviously three old guys too. So hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Appreciate you, as always, for joining. That is going to do it for this edition of the podcast. Make sure to subscribe. One quick reminder at the end on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And If you hear one thing, hear this. Would love you to leave a review as well. Give us those five stars. Let's let other people find out about this show as well. Cardinals fans who don't know about it yet. And you just let them know. Send them the link and say, hey, this dude, he's kind of a weirdo, but he talks about the Cardinals and it's a little bit fun. So I listen to it. That's what I would love uh, to see from you guys tonight. Appreciate you as always. We'll talk to you next time on Be Shape Daily. Peace.